Hey y'all, welcome to the first episode of the Basketball Junkies podcast. It's your boy Sadie. I'm here with my co-host Hayden. What up, what up? It's your boy Hayden, also known as Slim H to some people. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing this podcast. Uh, when Sadman asked me a couple of weeks ago, I was super excited. Uh, it's something he, we've been talking about for, honestly, I can remember talking about possibly like 10 years ago, like we should do a podcast. So I'm really looking forward to this and I hope you, the listeners, have a great time. Yeah, um, we're excited to drop a weekly podcast on Tuesdays. We're going to be talking all things NBA, give up a wrap-up of the week before, any NBA news, predictions we have coming up, trades, discuss it all, tell you what games we'll be watching. Anything? Yep, that's pretty much it. Yep. I'm looking so, forward to uh, it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get started. Um, I think we just came back from the All-Star break, so... Uh, we could talk about some of the biggest surprises we've seen so far in the NBA season, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that have are in playoff contention right now that I don't think some of us predicted that would happen beforehand. And there are some teams that, to be honest, in my opinion, should have been in the playoff picture but aren't. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think one of my, or most people's biggest surprises is the New York Knicks. Uh, they're in the sixth spot, I believe, right now in the East battling for a playoff spot and going into the season uh new coach under Thibodeau a lot of fans were expecting the same thing as last year rebuild go for a low draft pick but here they are fighting for uh playoff contention and if you look at Tibbs track record and uh basically a lot of people kind of laugh when Tibbs got signed always in the play all starters 45 minutes he's gonna run to to the ground but at the end of the day, if you look at his track record, he's basically he's a playoff coach. Uh, all the teams he's been to, whether it be Chicago, Timberwolves, and Knicks, uh, they get to the playoffs at the end of the day. Yeah, he's uh, he's making the New York Bulls, you know. He brought back D-, D. Rose, signed, you know, Taj Gibson. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, for me as well, they're a big surprise. Uh, they got Julius Randle, all-star, uh, R.J. Barrett, almost 18 points per game right now, which is uh, shocking. For a guy usually that just goes left, shooting is improving. But I still do think they do need a wing player. Uh, I think that's where they're struggling right now. Uh, Kevin Knox isn't panning out for that. What was he, a seventh-round draft pick? I don't think he's he's really panning out to what he needs. I think when the trade deadline does come around, they do need to make play for someone that can help them out on the wing right now. Uh, another team I think that is surprising everyone, and they're in the playoffs race right now as well, is Charlotte. Uh, LaMelo is way better than I think a lot of people thought he would be. Um, when I see him, I see what I wish Lonzo would be. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, for some reason, when I watch Lonzo, he plays way too nonchalant. But, you know, the younger brothers are all usually the best. Uh, Gordon, Terry, they're both averaging 20-plus points per game. Um, their new coach, or, you know, James... James Borrego and Kupchep, they've put together a solid team. You know, they probably got Jordan out of the way on uh, creating a team. Uh, but same with them. Uh, I think that I think they have too many. They have too many guards right now. Uh, I think that's the, their biggest issue. They have Malik Monk. They have Rozier. They have Graham. They have Gordon Hayward and they have Lamelo. Uh, and I think they need a player that's better than Miles Bridges. Bridges, to be honest, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Uh, right now, I got too many mouths to feed, especially to the, at the guard position between Rozier, uh, Lamella Ball, and uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, 
Uh, luckily, Borrego kind of came to his senses past two months ago. So once when Graham got injured, he shifted the ball to the starting lineup, and it's been it's been basically just great for them. They've been playing really great basketball ever since. And once Graham came back, uh, some people were wondering whether he'd uh, put Lamelo Ball to the back to the bench. But luckily for him, uh, no, he didn't, which has turned out to be a great decision. Uh, and also, I really like Hayward. She's been really, really great. Uh, going into the season, everyone was laughing at MJ. They just got off the Batum's contract, some something crazy, similar to like a Hayward's, like a four-year, uh, $160 million contract, something like that. And basically, everyone's saying, like, what are you doing? You're signing the exact same player, guy later in his 30s, just going to be the same exact thing. And it's been... The exact opposite. He's playing pretty much having an all, all maybe NBA third team season. He's averaging 21, 5 and 4 on great efficiency. Uh, he's given them a scoring option that they've lacked for the past few seasons. And him and LaMelo have really, really clicked on the court. And it's just great to see. Uh, but like you said, I also think, yeah, they should try to trade a guard. Uh, I'd like to see him get uh, a big man. Right now, their center rotation is just terrible. Yeah, Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. Yeah, that's just not gonna cut it if they do plan on becoming a playoff team. Oh man, don't hate on Cody Zeller. I see him stretching the floor these days. Come on now, giving the Raptors some business. Uh, but no, uh, I'm shocked. Uh, the Gordon Hayward part to me was, I don't know. When he was in Boston, it seemed like when he played with players that required the ball too much, he struggled. And he went to Charlotte, and you have Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Lamelo. I didn't know how he would react to that. But man, he's uh, he's doing great, uh, honestly, and uh, yeah, kind of see him once he got the once he got injured the first season in Boston. Just kind of see him like he was never the same player, and kind of the, maybe there's too much pressure on him to be the the big contract player that they expected out of him to be the uh, the, the star that they, they signed him to be to lead them to the NBA Finals, which never really panned out. Uh, so training scenery seems to have done him a lot of help, and just going back to Lamelo, like. I've been I've been all over this guy since basically back when he was back in Chino Hills, back in Grade Nine. I've been watching him since then. <laughs> him, Lamelo, Alonzo, uh, Leangelo, back when they were on Ball's Life mixtapes twenty four seven. I was just watching that, and I even watched him last year in the NBL when he was uh, playing in Australia a bit. And like, you can tell, you could you could tell he was going to be a player. Like he just has that feel for the game that. Uh, not many players have, similar to Doncic and Jokic. Like they just have a feel for the game. They can re- understand the game. Great passing. They just know where the ball where to get the ball to. But like obviously I knew he was, he was gonna be decent, but like that's good so early. Like he's just in, just been amazing. Amazing oh, to watch. Like, sneaky athletic as well, right? I think that is what shocked me the most, man. Like his athleticism right now and what he's showing, I, I did not believe him. And even when I looked at like the highlights he had out in Australia, I think RJ Hampton was there as well, right? Yep. Me, I thought RJ Hampton was going to be better. I just didn't believe. I saw like Lonzo play, and then I was like, you know, these guys, they it seems like the fame they got from a young age makes them play like they're cool. Like I think we've played with players like that in high school and stuff like that, that when they're on the court, they play cool. They don't yep, try to look yeah. like they're putting in too much effort. They don't want to be a tryhard. That's why I thought he was going to be. But man, kid is smooth. No, kid he's, is. he's so fun to watch, and uh, he had a he's had a really good like month stretch. And uh, people were kind of hating on Lonzo a bit. Like 
oh, this is what Lonzo should have been. This is what we expected. But Lonzo, if you check his stats, he's been past two or three weeks. He's really stepped up. Seems to be playing with a lot more confidence. Maybe because Lamelo's getting more, more starlight, he realizes he needs to step his game up a bit. But like, I think the biggest difference with them between both of them is just I think their their handle. Like Lonzo, handles a little suspect. It's just just kind of he obviously has a good handle, but it's just it's not the same where he can break down his defender. But oh no no his 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 handle just goes always to a step back. Like if you look at him play, he always just tries to he tries to lean to that step back. But yeah, Lamelo he's fundamentally. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say fundamental because you know he really doesn't play fundamental basketball. But yes, his handle is definitely way better. I agree with you on that. Yeah, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, I got a. I think Phoenix as well. I think the addition of CP three pushing them all the way to the second seed. I did not see that coming. Uh, they're sitting in the second spot. Um, he might not be averaging a lot of points or anything like that. But I think Chris Paul he brought this winner's mentality to that team, even though they went eight and zero in the bubble and all that big deal. Woo-hoo, but you know what? They didn't make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think Chris Paul, when he was on Houston, people forgot this guy is a legit winner, like winner. Like when he, when he went toe to toe with Kobe and the Lakers, when he was on the Hornets, like that team, think about that team. Who do you remember from that team? David West, him, Tyson Chandler. He just brought, a bunch of role players to the playoffs, right? Yep. He went to OKC. He brought a bunch of young players to the playoffs. And now he got put with another, you know, Devin Booker is a nasty, nasty fellow, bro. Nasty fellow. And honestly, like this team is shocking me. And they're deep. When you look at them, they're deep. I think the addition of Crowder uh, gave them also a sense of toughness that they needed. Got Mikael Bridges. They got... Is it Mikhail or Mikhail? Uh, Bridges, right? And Mikhail, uh, yeah. Mikhail, I'll call him that. Right? Um, I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, out of uh, Villanova, uh, I've been pretty high on him for the past two years. It's a your prototypical three and D type of player in the NBA. That's what he's kind of drafted for. Uh, I think he was a three or four year player. So just expectations were coming. Play good defense, play free balls, and he's done a pretty good job. And every year he's improved. And I think he's a good piece looking forward for the team. Uh, yeah, they're definitely definitely been a fun team to watch. Obviously, exceeded my expectations. Most teams, obviously, going into the season, there was lots of hype you know, after the, their bubble run and the addition of Chris Paul. So this to be expected to a bit, but to be the second seed currently is obviously over my expectations. And I'm glad to see Chris Paul get some credit. Uh, finally, you know, he's kind of. Kind of been hating on it a little bit in his career, especially when he's in Houston. He hasn't made like NBA Finals, hasn't done this, hasn't done that. But he's been steady every every season of his career, and it's a couple of bad luck in the playoffs, especially against Golden State when he's on Houston. A couple of injuries here or there. Or that one game where they missed like twenty seven straight threes you know, in Game Seven, I think it was against Golden State the one year, and yeah. like he'd be in the finals. You know, he just ran into a Golden State team three or four years that was just. Unstoppable, like uh, one of the best teams of all time. And to so be honest, kinda, I, don't, I, don't, unlucky for him. I don't blame it on him as much as I did on James Harden. Uh, but he does have a history of getting injured in the playoffs. I hope this doesn't happen this year. You know, uh, yeah, I'm no, tired of it being. Definitely, yeah. definitely I'm tired of it being LeBron's league. You know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired <laughs> yeah, of it. Day. I'm good trying day, to see yeah. LeBron lose. You know, like three games in a series for once, man. It's, and Sky, it'd be good man. to see maybe someone else in the banana boat, whatever, you know, like a mellow or a CP3 ring. That'd be nice. 
Uh, but also going back to the Suns, uh, one disappointing player I have on my fantasy team, uh, who's caused me a lot of uh, sleepless nights, is DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I really thought going into the season he'd be he'd really gel with Chris Paul. He'd be he'd be like the second option on his team. It'd be Booker, and then you got DeAndre Ayton. I expect him twenty and ten. Uh, that's sorry, seven one, super physical. Just looks like a prototypical like dominant big man, and he just I don't know. He just hasn't really clicked this season. Uh, what's he averaging? He's averaging he's averaging eleven boards. That's nice, but he's only averaging fourteen points a game. I was expecting at least twenty, especially with a pick and roll. Chris Paul, I thought really Chris Paul could take him to the next level, as he's done with other big men like Capella, Chandler. So it's been a little bit disappointing, but he's still young. Obviously, he's only a third or fourth season. So future's still bright for him. I just I was expecting more going into the season. Yeah, but I think as well when you look at that team, the ball is spread around. I think they have what like five players that average over ten points per game right now, which is pretty impressive. Um, but when you think about it, the pick and roll, it worked. He's playing the center role, right? So when you think about like Chris Paul and that pick and roll, he played with a lot of athletic big men, right? That's how he got them six, seven, eight more points per game, right? But when it comes to Aiton. He's more back to the basket, old school type of player. Uh, I still give him some time. I don't think he's. I think he has the, the potential to be better than what he's producing. But this team is scary, man. I'm telling you, they run deep. I hope I'm not wrong about them, because um, you know some teams are regular season teams. But when you got a superstar like they do in book in the playoffs, bro, he's going to cause some problems for those LA teams for sure. For yeah, sure. Definitely. And, you know, lastly, I think lastly, um, the Jazz, I think I didn't expect them to be the number one seed, but I think that Conley pickup last year is finally starting to, it's finally starting to pay off, right? Um, And I'm not going to lie, like Conley not being an all-star all these years, it gets to me, you know, because I modeled my game after Conley when I was growing up, you know? Lefty sniper. That lefty sniper, you know, we didn't get the recognition we deserved. You know, people thought we weren't as good as we were, but, you know, that's why I'm out here making a podcast. I'm not playing in the league right now, you know. Yeah, no, but, definitely. Uh, like, uh, they're obviously the number one seed in the West right now. Uh, Conley, yeah, yeah, pretty bad last year, to be honest. Like, not what they were expecting when they when they got him. But he's been a good fit this year. He was injured for a bit, but they really gelling with or without him. I mean, Clarkson's been a, a great addition. He was there last year, but this year he's really stepped his game up. As a six man off the bench, uh, six man of the year is what he's going to be. Yeah, most likely. I think he's averaging seventeen and eighteen a game, shooting eight for eight years a game. Uh, he's just really giving them another scoring option for a team that's kind of desperately needing needing some scoring. Obviously, the defense is one of the top in the league, led by Gobert, who's just always been very good. Uh, but they kind of needed another scoring punch next to Donovan Mitchell. So Clarkson's really stepping up, and like their ball movement is just amazing to watch. They're definitely the best. Pe- ball movement team, passing team kind of in the league. Uh, Quinn Snyder's just got a great system running. They're kind of similar to, I've read, uh, kind of most similar teams since the uh, 2014 Spurs that won the championship. Yeah, I, I agree a, with that. A great and ball I think the Bogdanovich team. signing as well, right? That Bogdanovich signing, is that's a big that's a big one for them as well, right? That's a guy who can just go get a bucket, just like Clarkson, which I think they yeah, needed. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what they needed. And Mitchell's, Mitchell's been great all season, hence him being an all-star. So, it, I really think whatever they can win in the playoffs, that's another question. I don't think they're – I don't know. 
I don't think I'm a hater. I, I'm like Shaquille O'Neal, man. I'm a hater. I am a Jazz hater, but you know, I'll give them their props. They're first in the first in the NBA right now. But I do not believe. I think at the end of the day, Shaq is right. You need that. You need that guy. You need that superstar that's going yeah, exactly. to go get you a bucket, right? Like, yeah, even Mitchell's if you good, look, but he's 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 not that guy yet. You know, he's not the not that guy. He's not, he's not the Kawhi. He's not the LeBron. At the end of the day, most years, you need that guy. You need you that. Do. You you need that guy, right? And I'm sorry, but you also need two of those guys nowadays. The way the NBA is built, and honestly, like I'm a big, big anybody who knows me, I'm a huge Raptors fan. And when we played the Celtics last year in the playoffs, that's when I realized, yo, there are levels to this, man. I've been a f- basketball fan for a long time, but I realized there are levels to this. Jason Tatum and Siakam, I used to say, you know what, you know, they're equal. You know, no. There's levels to this. Levels. No, yeah, I said no. Siakam, lots of people, he's just not that guy. I'm last sorry, year, yeah, yeah, people were saying Siakam to Tatum, big debate. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not even close anymore. Like it's yeah, playoffs got exposed a lot. Uh, who was a better player? And uh, going into the Raptors, I think they're definitely one of the biggest disappointments this year. Uh, what are they sitting at eleventh right now, man? Holy, five games under five hundred. COVID hitting us. Coaches getting COVID. Yeah, they lost five straight. I think six out of seven. Like, just not very, not going well. COVID hit at the worst time possible. Just really not yeah. a big funk. Uh, wherever they can get out, that's a question to to know. But just, just a big disappointment. Siakam, just uh, he just hasn't didn't take a step after Kawhi left that people were really expecting. He's shooting less than thirty percent from three, which is uh, atrocious. Uh, just hasn't been able to get the jumper to fall. Uh, Van Vliet's been pretty good this year, but their their big all-star. man rotations, yeah, an all star, uh, didn't get in this year, but uh, definitely deserved to get in. Just there's lots of good candidates, but their big man rotations been a failure this year. Uh, the Bean sign hasn't really worked out. Uh, Len, when they had Len, he wasn't very good. Uh, Boucher has been a bright spot, uh, having really good numbers per 36 uh he has matchup issues though against the bigger stronger guys yeah he's too skinny he needs some muscle on there and he needs some muscle but no i i agree with you 100 percent, man there siakam he did not take the jump that we all all those optimistic raptor fans that we all are he didn't do it i think we're still waiting for og but his health right you're getting these good games from norm like norm is having a really good stretch of games i think in the last 20 ever since he became a starter but to be honest, this team, one, I think we lack depth. Uh, that's that's one of the things. And to be honest, like we're in that position of the franchise where we're not really a contender, and we're not really a bottom of the bottom of the barrel team, right? So I think it's time for Masai to retool. We all believe in Masai, but our biggest yeah, trade asset right now is Kyle Lowry. But yeah, are we going to be the franchise that gets rid of our best player ever to retool? He's already traded away to Marta Rosen, right? How's he going to look if he trades away Kyle Lowry, right? So he is in a he's in a debacle right now. I'll tell you that. And as a Raptor fan, I don't want to trade Kyle Lowry just because what he means to that team and what he means to me as a fan. But at the end of the day, like. I don't believe in tanking to get draft picks, right? I think we have a chance to be a, a, a middle-of-the-pack team right now, and I think we should 
I think we should trade Kyle Lowry, to be honest. I, I, I do think we should trade Kyle Lowry and get some, some depth, right? Because I think Fred Van Fleet is ready to be a starting point guard. He's proven it. Um, we have OG at the three and we have Siakam at the four. We need to fill, fill out that center and that, that guard position. Even though I, I love Norm, he's, you know, for his contract, what, making $10 million a year, he produces, but I think he's more of a off the bench type player, which he's been his entire career. But we need to, we need to get some real depth on that team. They, they've been a big, big disappointment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for those of you that know me a bit, I'm not the biggest Raptors fan. Might, some might call me a bit of a Raptors hater. So, uh, but going into the going to last season, like I thought they should have traded Lowry, like right away. Not right away, but at the trade deadline. Uh it's like going back to the super circle. Once Kawhi left, you just you don't have enough to win a, a championship, in my opinion. You don't have that that eight guy. Siakam's not never gonna be that eight guy. So I thought but you didn't I, know that, right? You had to give them oh, a I, shot. I know, right? I know, I know. But oh, I understand them giving <laughs> We pushed the Celtics to seven. And I'm telling you that. That Raptors team, even with Siakam struggling, we could have beat the Heat. We were matched up to beat the Heat. The Celtics were always our biggest fear as a Raptors fan because they got they got the length to guard us, right? Yep. But I'm telling you, see, even with Siakam struggling last year, if we got past the Celtics, we were making the NBA Finals and we would have got swept because LeBronto would have happened all over again. <laughs> But no, you're right. Yeah, Siakam is—he's not that guy, and you need to surround him with. But we yeah, could be like the Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah. that, that's 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 what <laughs> we could be. Case. Right, best case scenario. We don't best have a superstar. Right? right now, it's not looking like that. But uh, yeah, if I'm Masai, uh, Masai, I'm I'm trading Lowry. And from what, from what I've been reading from like Mark Stein and some of the other big uh, insiders in the NBA, it seems like he's as good as gone, pretty much. And I'm here in the 76ers and the Clippers are the front runners. And I think both of those teams would be great fits. Whatever they can give up, that's the question. What's what's enough? What's too much for Lowry? What's not enough? Like a first-round pick, I'd probably say. Definitely at least one first-round pick for Lowry. It is, oh, uh, man. What, what, is, what is their pick going to be, man? It's going to be like 20. Yeah, so that's the issue. Man. Like, it is, it, come on, man. We need, we need if, real You could get someone like Tyrese Maxey from the Sixers. That's that why I want. I want Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I don't want... Tybo, if you can pull a guy Tybo? like that, yeah, him and both of them, I'd be doing that trade in a heartbeat for the Raptors. 100%. 100%. And you know what? Yeah, Lowry gets to go back home and push that 76ers team to, who knows, hopefully the finals. But, you know, the Nets are the Nets, are the Nets man. Yeah, they're a problem. They're retooling. And, you know, the NBA isn't what, what it was when we were growing up where there was one superstar on one team, right? So no, it's we'll see. Um, that'll be interesting you have any other disappointments yeah. yeah i don't know about you but i definitely thought the pelicans were gonna were gonna take a jump this year that you know they had zion come back start the season with them brandon ingram showed big improvements last year i thought lonzo showed some improvements last year they got steven adams you know i thought they had everything they needed to be a lower playoff seed Man, like think they have Lonzo, they have Brandon Ingram, they have Zion Williamson, but their pace is 16th in the NBA. Does that make sense to you? Like to me, that does not make sense. They should be pushing the ball down the floor all the time. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. 
I just don't think they have any leadership. Like JJ Redick, love the guy. He's been on a lot of winning teams. He's he's not a leader. No. Right? Like, take Chris Paul out of the Suns, put put him on New Orleans, they're a playoff team. That's 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 what they need. They need that type of vet right now. And honestly, yeah, that I, I overrated the Pelicans, to be honest. They're just overrated. Yeah, I thought they I thought they were gonna fight for the playoffs. They're still in the, they can still make the playoffs. But uh, obviously, they've been a disappointment. Two biggest issues, in my opinion. Uh, like you said before, in defense. They're just uh, third last in defensive rating. I think they're uh, last place in three-pointing percentage uh, opponent makes. Uh, they just can't guard. Can't guard the basketball. Can't guard the three-pointer. That's been really hurting them. And then also, they're, they got to realize that Zion is a one-of-a-kind player. Uh has a potential to be the best player in the NBA one day. Like he's just been super dominant this year. Uh, better than expected. He looks looks amazing out there. Uh, just kind of poorly built their team. Uh, just not enough shooting. He needs shooting. He needs lots of. He needs knockdown shooters uh, at each position, and it's kind of lacking. Like uh, you got Lonzo, not the greatest three point shooter. Uh, Ingram, better, not not a great three point shooter. Uh, Bledsoe, better, not a great three point shooter. Josh Hart, he's all right. Uh, Redick, but he hasn't been that great this year. Uh, no, so he's been injured mostly as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess Adams at the center, yeah, he does his job. He plays good defense and rebounds the ball well, but you can't space the floor for a lick. And when you got Zion, who just sits in the paint all game. It's hard having Adams and Zion both clogging the paint. No, uh, yeah, I, I agree. They, 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 they have to make a move. Um, maybe... Like Eric Bledsoe, I don't know which team is going to take Eric Bledsoe, to be honest. Uh, I think yeah. Eric Bledsoe's type of player in the NBA where when he can't shoot, he isn't as valued as it once was. He was super athletic. He can play defense, but until he learns to shoot, which to me, I'll tell you right now, that's my biggest pet peeve, man. You're telling me your job is to play basketball, yet you still, how many years have you been in the NBA? What, like 10 years? And you still don't know how to shoot a consistent jump shot. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of my one of my pet peeves too. Uh, one of the guys, when you got me, a uh, great shooter on the court who can splash a free ball with ease, and then you got these professional players who can't shoot a lick sometimes. Just kidding, but uh, no, definitely. Oh, no, like, no, 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 you you're not kidding, right? Because think about it. You took me one summer, one summer, and you guys taught me how to shoot a jump shot consistently. Take that in. One summer, we went six a.m. almost every day. We played. I learned how to shoot a jump shot. You're telling me your job, your nine to five, is to go play basketball. Ten years, you can't make a jump shot, man. The reason the Bucks don't advance to the finals and beat the Raptors is because you can't hit a jump shot. No, yeah, exactly. I look back at like someone like Andre Robertson, like he has the tools to be the best free and D player in the NBA, like great defender, just can't shoot a lick. Obviously, he's improved a tiny bit from back in his OKC days when teams were just leaving wide, wide open, but. Like that guy could have been could have had a big obviously had a big injury uh when he was in OKC. But yeah, that guy, that guy could be like a twenty million dollar a year free and deep player. And if he could shoot a free ball, but he can't, obviously. So it's kinda of a little disappointment. Uh you have any other disappointment teams? Yeah, I think my last one, last one, last biggest surprise to me, which was a disappointment, is definitely the maps. I think I hear reports uh, they're coming out about Chris Tapps. They're looking to trade him, even though Mark Cuban tries to deny it. But to be honest, I think that experiment, yo, it's, sometimes it is what it is, right? Like a player has a, 
a player has a chance to be great, but you know, injuries always always seem to get in the way for him. And that team can't put it together. They have like three players to me that are the exact same in Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway, Dory Finney-Smith, right? Exact same to me. There's only so much Luka can do, right? Like, But that team, it was built around Chris Tapps and Luka. And they're just, it's not working out, right? And what, they're bottom of the barrel. I thought they would be in the top four seed. You know, there's still 30 games left, right? And hopefully they prove me wrong. Chris Tapps just came back, but I don't know. Something else has to change. Something else has to change. They're definitely not the Dirk and Steve Nash of that team. I'll tell you that. No, obviously, Porzingis has been ever since he came to Dallas. He hasn't been as expected. He's been been pretty good, but hasn't been like the the superstar. Some people when they draft him in New York, what they expected to be. Yeah, when uh, he but, plays, he's averaging twenty points per game. It's just the problem is he doesn't oh, play yeah, often he's, enough. He's a lightweight. He's always injured. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of kind of disagree with you a bit. Uh, some of the some of the it's not their fault. Uh, like you said, you kind of touch on his injury he had knee surgery in the bubble after the bubble uh just came back when was it in like february uh russ is to be expected there was a, when he came back it was a slow start uh they do seem to be playing better in the past few weeks uh they're in the a spot now and he's been playing a bit better uh i do expect them to be in the playoffs and i expect them him to i think they can content i think they have a chance if he can stay healthy if you look in the bubble last year they probably should have been up, could have had a good chance of being up 3 nothing on the Clippers if he didn't get ejected the first game and then the injury, uh, if he would have played in the third game. So I, I believe in the average. I disagree with you. I think they have a chance to be a good team. Another big issue was they had a COVID outbreak at the start of the season, hence why they kind of started slow. They had some key players missing uh, due to COVID. I think Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, they were both out for a few weeks. So I think I'm not as low as you uh, on the Mavericks. Obviously, uh, they've been a bit disappointed, but there's two big factors that kind of affect them. Okay, but at what point are you going to just come, where we're going to come out and say Chris Stapps is just injury prone, right? Because they they got him, what, after he came back from an injury with the Knicks, right? No, they had, and, uh, they got him when he was injured, if I remember correctly. Right, like, and then... They traded for him, and he was still out for that whole season. They traded for him. Yeah, right. He's so, been injured. Uh, like he's been injured. Yeah, he's injured every season. Obviously, exactly. He, he right? is so, injured, but if he can, I'm saying, if he can stay healthy, I think this could be a sleeper team going into the NBA playoffs. And no team wants to play. I mean, Doncic is a monster. Uh, yeah, the well, only team that wouldn't want to play them is the Jazz, right? No, that's the only <laughs> team. I do think yeah, they're missing. They're missing one more, one more piece, like uh, that wing player, like. Dorian Finney-Smith, he's all right. Josh Richardson, yeah, he's just a chucker. They're, all, they're both got defense, but they're kind of missing that third, that third or second option, someone better than Porzingis. Harrison Barnes is who they should go after. Harrison Barnes, <laughs> that's who they should go after. I'm telling you, maybe, that guy, maybe, that guy can maybe help. Five, maybe five years ago, five years ago, maybe. Oh no, man! When you play on a bad team, you know sometimes your talent does not shine. But I'm telling you, Harrison Barnes. Even though he got blocked on that game-winning dunk and Buddy Heald saved him, I'm telling you, that guy, he can help. He can help. He's not like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. I'm telling you, he can help. That guy knows his role. He knows what to do. We saw the real Harrison Barnes in game game seven of the finals. 
big disappointment against the uh, against the Cavs in 2016. So after that, I'm done. I'm done with Barnes. Uh, oh, you mean you mean the game that Kyrie Irving saved LeBron's legacy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. That's for another day. I can rant about that guy anytime, anytime, any place. But he is the second best player of all time. Just throw it out. Um, But yeah, speaking of MVPs, I think um, I did expect Luca to be in that conversation, but the team isn't, you know, they're not at expectations, so he hasn't really been talked about much this year. Um, But with Embiid going out, which who was the front runner in my mind, I think that he's out for two weeks now, right? So I think that opens the door for a lot of guys. Um, Harden, I, to me, is at the top of the list. But at some point when your team is so great, where you have Irving, Durant, even people are going to say Blake Griffin is washed. I don't think he's washed. He just played in, on a shitty team, right? I think that does is a detriment to your case, right? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, when you stack your team like that, it's it's not fair. I, I that's that's the only thing I have against him. He's what he has nine triple doubles since he came and played with the Nets. He's averaging eleven point two assists, highest in his career, leading the NBA in assists. They're winning at a crazy rate right now. Yep, with Durant out, and so. with Durant out, without Blake, you know, and and they're doing their thing. But at some point, I think when they all come back, it's going to be detrimental to him. Because it's yeah, just too know. easy. I don't think there's yeah, there's no way he wins MVP. I don't think. Uh, like you said, there's just too many options, and the voters don't look at it that way. Uh, you have a big fear like that. People said that, I was reading the Zach Lowe article, and one of the things he was saying, one of the detriments to Harden's case, was back when uh, Curry and uh, Durant teamed up with Clay Thompson back after the 2016 finals. Uh, people were saying, oh, I wouldn't hurt him. They can still be MVPs, and they both have great seasons. But I think the highest during their time, the highest it came in MVP race was I think fifth or something like that. So obviously the voters do care about that a bit, uh, which I think they should. Obviously, you got three of the best players in the game on the same team. Uh, it's kind of hard to make a case for the MVP. Uh, but going to Embiid, yeah, he's I think he's the, most people would say he's a clear front. He was the clear front. He still is the clear front runner for the award. He was having super dominant season. Uh, Sixers were top team in the East. Uh, great defense, great offense. He's averaging 30 points a game, almost 12 boards a game. Just having a career year. He's staying pretty healthy, for the, which is kind of like Porzingis. Not as much as Porzingis, but kind of like Porzingis. has been a question mark on his career so far. Uh, this injury, obviously, it's going to hurt him. It all depends on how long he's going to be out. Right now, they're saying two weeks. Uh, it was a, a knee injury, so you never know those injuries. If, he can, if it's two weeks, I still think he's the front runner. Uh, no, he come no. Back. he's already missed six games. It's a 72-game season. He's going to what? Once you miss around 14 games, I, I truly believe in a shortened season, there's no way. There's no way. It's, it just doesn't make sense, right? It, to give it to him would mean that they're the number one seed. They've had the most dominant season ever, right? Yep. To be out 14 games, right? Uh, I don't see it. I don't see people voting towards that even though I think he was having an MVP year. Like, if I were to vote the day he got injured, it would have been him. But now I think the, it's wide open. 30 games remaining, I think it's wide open. No, yeah, definitely. I think uh, big opportunity for a lot of guys. Uh, my, if I had to vote right now, my second guy would be LeBron James. Uh, just having... Oh, my. 
Oh my <laughs> my goodness guy LeBron, gracious, you know, man. Everyone who knows me, my guy LeBron. Uh, just have another LeBron season. No, obviously not as good as we expected. Like most LeBron They're slumping. Seasons, but... They're slumping. Yeah, AD injuries hurt a bit. He's, what, 36, 37, LeBron? He can't do it all himself. Uh, but he's been playing great. Uh, but I remember back 10 years ago, people were saying, oh, when's LeBron going to slow down? When's LeBron going to slow down? He hasn't slowed down yet. Uh, he's, still playing this. All the, he's still playing MVP level. Uh, I just saw uh, there's a rumor that came out that potentially AD uh, today, a rumor he may be out longer than like, like three weeks possibly or longer. Uh, that's that's a little worrying for me. Like you said, they are slumping without AD. Uh, not due to LeBron. If you look at his on-the-court numbers and off-the-court numbers, uh, they're great when he's on the court. When they're off the court, he's they're terrible, which just kind of makes his case even better. Uh, but, yeah, but he's not having, like, you know, his numbers are comparable to a lot of other guys, right? And Yeah, like, uh, I was going back. Is what makes the difference, though, right? Yeah, I read a lot of Zach Lowe, big ESPN writer. He had a big, good, great MVP article last week. And he was kind of saying, if LeBron James wasn't MVP right now, his numbers would be kind of middle of the pack for all the MVPs in the history of MVP. Not not too low, not too high, just middle of the pack. And another great point he said was, LeBron hasn't won an MVP since 2013. It's been eight seasons. He's been the best player in the game forever since, I don't know, since like 2009, 2008. Uh, and he kind of makes a point. It's kind of it's kind of a little outrageous that LeBron hasn't won an MVP uh, in eight years, since 2013. It's, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. Like he's, he has a case. He's had a case every year to be an MVP. Except maybe his first Lakers season when they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe maybe the voters also oh, the so voters it's a never know. Award. It's a narrative award, is what you're basically saying. No, I'm just saying maybe you're, it him. might be. It might be a narrative reward, right? Like Russ won it because he had a triple double season. They finished sixth. They got knocked yeah, out in the, the first round. The voters round. stuff up. Uh, maybe this is last like peak LeBron year. Maybe they, they just give him one for the only thing stage. I will give LeBron props ever in my life. Is the game changed on him in the middle of his career? And my man has adapted. He learned to shoot a jump shot. A guy who was not known for shooting hit the Raptors with eight turnaround jumpers, caused the ESPN to call us Lebronto. The guy has evolved his game when he needed to, which I don't think a lot of former NBA players could do it, right? I'll give him props for that. But he's not MVP this year. I think his numbers are middle of the pack. I think with the Nuggets rising in the standings and Jokic having, man, he's almost averaging a triple-double as well, right? I think with Jokic, with his averages and if the Nuggets keep rising, I think he might be MVP, man. Like Jokic, to me, might be the best skilled big man to ever play this game. I don't no, think I there's think a thing he can't do other than play defense, but you know, it's not a no, I think, no one yeah, cares about defense anymore. He's the best passing big man in NBA history, in my opinion. Right. Uh, kind of stole my point. I think he's a dark horse. I had him labeled as a dark horse candidate. Uh, if you look at the stat lines, kind of looks almost identical to Embiid plus like five assists. He's just almost averaging a triple double. Just been a monster all season. Uh, nobody's people are talking about. It. They haven't been the MVP like race, like top five, but no one has him. No one thinks he's gonna win really. I think he could easily come in and steal the MVP 
and deservedly so. Uh, they got to a slow start at the start of the season. Uh, right now, they're in they're in fifth place. I think if they can have a strong second half of the season and get into the top four, I think he easily can uh, win MVP and he can be the first big man winner since 2006 when uh, Dirk won it. I think he one of my one of my favorite players to watch. Just great player to watch in the court, and he's been playing amazing all year. And if you look at his numbers with Embiid, they're similar. Embiid's getting a lot, a ton of the praise, rightfully so. But I think if this Denver, team's winning, man, at the end of the day, yeah, exactly, it's all about that, right? Yeah. Yo, I love Jokic. You know, for some of us slow, slower players, you know, he gives he gives us hope. Um, I used to be made fun of a lot because I'd sprint and I'd be running with the big men. But, um, yeah, and you know what? Uh, on TNT the other day, they talked about Chris Paul. I'm going to throw his name in there. I think he deserves some votes. I don't think he'll win it, but I got to show some love to my man, Chris Paul. That guy deserves some votes. They are second. Even, yo, Devin Booker was out this season too, right? So the fact that they're second, you got to give them some love. I won't give anyone from the Jazz any love because they're the Jazz. I don't believe in them, but I think Chris Paul yeah, deserves yeah. some votes in there. I don't think he deserves it, or maybe a few, but I'm not as high as him on you as you are. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, my, I think if you turn around a program, a team that hasn't made the playoffs since what Steve Nash played, and now they're in the playoff hunt and they're the second seed, and you think they're dangerous, that man deserves some votes because without him. We didn't speak about that team. We just spoke about Devin Booker here and there. You know, he had a couple of big games here and there. But I believe, I believe. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not cheering Obviously for the Raptors in the playoffs, I'm cheering for the Suns. And I hope Chris Paul gets a ring. He wasn't there in the bubble. And they, they went perfect in the bubble. So, obviously, they were. But they didn't the right playoffs. Something, something has to be said about that. Just because they went eight games in a row. But I'm just saying something, maybe something clicked, in the, something clicked in the bubble. And. Like Booker fell on a new level as a all in. But he's averaging low numbers this year. Some something's changed. Something yeah, has so. changed. It's Chris Paul, and he deserves MVP votes for doing it back to back years, playing with young guys and elevating them to the playoffs. Uh, OKC struggled after Russ left. Oh, well, they didn't struggle because they made the playoffs again. But with a team that young. I yeah, think maybe, maybe I'd, I'd give him a few votes, a narrative vote, you know. Yeah, I gotta get show my man Chuck some love. A... And then I got one more dark sleeper. Nobody's talking about him for MVP. I already know who you're gonna say, and I'll tell you right now, he will never get it, no matter what. I don't think he's gonna get it, but you never know. I have Giannis. Impossible. Uh, Impossible. If you look Just... at his numbers, they're the exact same as last year when he won MVP. Uh, obviously, his teams don't have an as great of a season, but they're still. And there's, uh, there's no way no anyone's going to give him three MVPs in a row. That's Think that's the biggest thing I've ever written. Or LeBron James or anybody has ever gotten three MVPs in a row. That's I'm my, sorry, that's my, that's my biggest. Yeah, that's what I've been reading is the voters won't give him just because of that, uh, and because of his playoff exit last year when they got swept by the Heat. That didn't look too good. Uh, and voters, uh, they hold on to the stuff like that. But this is you have the exact same. Averages the exact same numbers as his MVP seasons in the years past. Year three. Still, well. Year three. Still can't shoot. Of him being at this level, still can't shoot. Still can't uh, shoot. 
I expect the same so, thing in the playoffs, you know. Like just he's, he's a he's not. They're not even contenders for me, man. That Drew Holiday signing was bogus. He signed away his five years. You better do what Paul George did: make a bag deal, ask for a trade, come to the Raptors, make us great again. We got we got the system for him, so that's what I think. You never that's know. what I think. Yeah, that was just my my, my super dark dark pick. No one's talking about. But like you said, it's he has no chance. I don't think he has a chance to win unless they go they win every game in the season, which no most likely won't happen. Okay, we're gonna do a quick speed round here um, as we're getting near to the end of our first episode. If we look at the East right now with the remaining thirty games, who do you think from the bottom isn't gonna make the playoffs? If you were to take a guess right now, do your best analysis. Um. I think uh, I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think, I think the Knicks. That. I just say the yeah, Hawks. So, but, uh, I think the Knicks. So I was looking I at the I... strength of schedule uh, for the Knicks, and they actually have the the hardest strength of schedule remaining for any of those teams fighting in the playoffs, right? And I think if they don't make a trade at the deadline, it's going to be tough for them. Maybe they'll get in one of those play in games, but I don't think they'll make it. I think. As the Raptors get more healthy, um, and I think Atlanta is also going to make a trade as well. I think some of those teams are just getting better. Um, yeah. Tibbs might go get Joe Kim Noah out of retirement. Maybe that'll help, but who knows? Yeah, I know. I was going to say the Hawks too, but yeah, you never know. They're five and zero, and Nate McMillan there, so they have a potential. Uh, but going back to the next, yeah, I definitely think. Not that I don't think the if I had to, the question was if I had to choose one team. It would obviously be the Knicks, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, the, out of all those teams, the top eight teams, it'd be the Knicks. I think just going, looking at Julius Randle, uh, he's been just a regular zone all star this year. He, he got in, uh, playing lots of minutes. I expect, I expect him to slow down a bit going into the second half of the season. Uh, also, he's shooting 42% from three pointer on almost five attempts a game. Uh, that's just like, not even close to his regular averages. So I'm expecting that to go down a bit. And a team that's hurting on shooting, that needs kind of shooting, that's going to really hurt their offense, which needs shooting. So I expect that to go down. And I just expect, expect him to slow down, maybe get a bit banged up. Going back to Thibodeau, you know, he plays playing his starters 40 minutes a game. You know, eventually that's one of the negatives, people say. Eventually his players, players slow down. And I do expect maybe Randall to take a bit of a step back in the second half of the season. So you have the Pacers and Hornets. And do you, do you see the Pacers making it? They got Karis Levert so yeah, back. If I had to choose, if I had to choose a team to slide in, uh, I'd watch out. My I like the Bulls. Potentially the Bulls. Oh uh, come on now, come on! They look pretty good on. against the Raptors last night. <laughs> come on, Zach Levine's playing at all We're level. Three starters, bro. You don't be disrespectful right now. And they made don't a couple big changes to the starting lineup. Uh, Kobe White wasn't playing too well, and uh, uh, what's his name? The Duke center. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, Billy Donovan just basically said, yeah, we're not going to start you guys anymore last night. Terrible coach, by the way. We're going a different direction. I tend to agree with you on that, but that's for another story. But uh, you put, uh, what's his name, Uh, Sadaransky and Thaddeus Young into the lineup because basically they want want to win right now. They have Zach Levine. They beat a team that doesn't have three starters. Come on now. Hey, Zach Levine. Yo, Zach Levine. Come on. 
surprisingly, Zach Levine ended up being the best out of those Timberwolves players out of Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. But I, no one believes in the Bulls. No one. Yeah, you never know. They can get into an eighth seed, I think. Yeah, they can get into a play-in game. They're, they're only one game back. One game. Oh yeah, I forgot about the play-in games. But yeah, they're only one game back, so you never know. And like I said, the the news lineup looked pretty good last night against the Raptors. So uh, obviously, like you said, like, missing missing starters. So. Playing G League players, man. Come on. All right. All right. All Come right. on, man. You're disrespectful, bro. And you're gonna get a message from my brother when you're talking about the Knicks, bro. He's going to message you. He's oh, not going to play with you no more. I know. But uh, what about for the West? What do you have going in the West right now? Uh, my top top eight team not making the playoffs, I'd say I think uh, the obvious one for me is the Spurs. Uh, I just don't see it with the team. I think they'll, they'll regress yeah. a bit. I think yeah. they've over, over-exceeded their expectations a bit going into the season. Uh, LaMarcus, he's, he doesn't want to play for them anymore. and They've mutually agreed to the part ways. I think Demar's also gone this year as well. I think Demar. I think they got to get rid of him as well. I don't think they're going to re-sign him. He's just also shout, shout out to Demar Derozan. He's uh, really having a good season this year. And I know a lot, a lot of people. Star. A lot, yeah. I was about to say a lot of people on Reddit were uh, kind of hating on Mike Conley a bit, saying Derozan should have been ahead of him. And just a, a legacy uh, All Star vote. But uh, shout out to him. He's really improved, uh, shooting the free ball a bit this year and. Like he's, I didn't realize how good of a passer he is. Really good passer. Uh, yeah, I, you know, he, you know, he uh, before he left, really, the Raptors, really he averaged like five assists. No, he's improved. He's improved for sure. But I think the mid range is not dead, but the mid range has to be complemented by that three point ball, which he doesn't shoot enough of, right? And I don't know. I don't think he's going to get another big contract. Maybe he will. Maybe the Knicks will pay him, right? Um, but I don't think he's going to stick around this year as well. I think the Spurs are going to unload both him and LaMarcus this deadline, to be honest. If I were yeah, how, old, how old is he right now? 30, 31, 32. He came in in 2009. I think he's 31. He's 31. Yeah, he'll get a big contract. Yeah. Someone will throw some stupid Who, team. Which uh, team do you think is going to take a ball-dominant guard who's not going to shoot the three ball in their 30s? The reason they paid Gordon Hayward at least is because he could stretch the floor. No, no, but he could stretch the floor. No, I know. And you never know. Some team will give him money. The Raptors. Just Um, like some team will give Drummond money this year. There's bad teams. I'm not going to lie. I got pretty desperate. I wanted the Raptors to go get Drummond. I'm not going to lie. But uh, if I had to choose a team uh, to make the playoffs, you're probably not going to like this pick. But I think it's got to be the Pelicans. I mean, I think they are. Not that I think I think they are going to make the playoffs. That's my, that's my bold statement. I think the Pelicans are going to have a big, big second half of the season. I'm really high on Zion and Lonzo to an extent. Uh, you know, I, I was really high on him going into the draft. Uh, still high on him. I think he's a great everyone player. was high on him. This my man needs nah, to know. It's, it's okay to not look cool playing basketball. Bro, I used to play basketball with glasses. When the ball hit me in the face, my glasses were all effed up. Man, it does not matter. He needs to hear that. Looking cool doesn't mean anything. Your brother is outshining you. Um, no, he's, he's been playing really well in the past few weeks. Uh, they're playing better as a team. They've won the past two short not games. Memphis? Not Memphis? No, nah, no, I don't. I don't rate Memphis at all. Pelicans are my team, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. They'll slide in. At least into the, into the playoff the seeding games. and 
I think they're going to be a tough team. They're going to improve a lot. I think once they get the defense down a bit and then they improve there, hopefully they'll be a team to watch out for. All right, we're, we're heading to our last component of the podcast. Uh, we're going to record every week, so we're going to shout out some games that we think are some games to watch in the coming week. Uh, do you have any on hand? Yeah, I got uh, one good game, uh, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. I got the Charlotte Hornets visiting the Denver Nuggets at the Pepsi Center. I think it's, look, we got two of the best passes in the game, like I said before, I think mean, the best passing big man of all time. And LaMelo, who's, I think he's a, I don't know how you judge it, but a top five passer in the league already or highlight maker in the league. He's just super fun to watch. Like just his vision, his understanding of the game, his feel. Like that's that's a big thing. His feel for the game, just his, to read the plays. He's already thinking two two plays ahead when the other, when his defender is thinking one play. Like he's just, just I'm fun, so fun to watch. I just love watching him. Yeah, he's a real hey, point guard. He's a real point guard. Exactly. I'd love to play with him, and the Hornets look like they'd love to play with him. Uh, just, just highlight highlight basketball coming from the Hornets. I mean, you got Jokic, who's just the passes he makes on the block from the from the elbow are just uh, some of the passes are just just so amazing, so amazing to watch no. for a guy no, like me. Who no loves basketball. arguments here. No arguments here. Um, I do think the Hornets will slide, but I do think they're going to get rid of one of those guards. But uh, for me, I got two games. I got the Lakers versus Suns um, just to see, you know, see LeBron lose. But I think I will keep an eye on the Suns for the rest of the season. I think anytime they play any of those top teams, you got to watch just to see how they compete. And then I got the Lakers versus Hornets. You got LeBron playing uh, LaMelo. I think it's a good game. Um, It's weird. I'm a LeBron hater, but I do pick out a lot of LeBron games to watch only because I find things to nitpick. But yeah, those are my two big games of the week. The Raptors also have some big games coming up. Got to yeah, that was my other Raptors big week. Like they got like we were talking a bit before. Like they got to decide: like, are we going for the playoffs or are we blowing up the ship a bit? And then they got Utah this week on Friday night. Uh, we'll just mark that as a loss already. Uh, you never know, but. Utah's been it so dumb. I Siakam, OG, and Depends Freddie. Other people come back. Yeah. Exactly. But they got to beat, whoever the, those guys are back, they got to beat the Detroit tomorrow. They have to win that. They got a must-win game. There's no Agreed. excuses. You, you got it. They already lost to Detroit once, I think, before the All-Star break. Uh, even without those guys, Van Vliet and Siakam, you got to win those games. You get Detroit, the last place in the Eastern Conference. Yo, you we're a G beat. League team right now. Don't disrespect, huh? Yeah, I don't we care. Have, you got to beat them. If you want to make the playoffs... And then Cleveland, they're a bit better than Detroit, but you got to win those games if you want to be in the playoffs. So it's a real, I think, a really big, big week, big eye opener week for the Raptors. After this week, we'll see. And then I think they got Houston on Monday night after the Cleveland game, back to back. Cleveland, Houston, Houston. They're, I think they lost 16 straight. So that's, that's another must win game. So if they don't get. Yeah. So when we play them, Christian Wood is coming back. He's going to give us right, the business. So I think if they, if they don't win all three of those games, I think it's time to. Some heads will roll and the time to make some trades, I think. Yo, honestly, I hope so, man. There's some players out there that I think the Raptors should have probably traded for beforehand, like like Oladipo, right? I think Oladipo, he's going to have a bounce back year. Um, But, you know, I'm not not Masai. I think I'm Masai. I think I could run the Raptors pretty well if you gave them to me. But it is what it is. Uh, but yes, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to our first episode of the Basketball Junkies podcast. 
to keep us updated or to keep you guys updated, follow us on IG, the Basketball Junkies podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out.